This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. So much to get to on today's episode. Two generations of John Daly, a former NBA, we'll call him a star, Greg Norman, and the Saudi League. Nick, jam-packed today. Just another episode of At The Turn. Before we get into business, let's take care of some business. You blew it. All of you. You did not guess the Masters winner, and Piper Golf is extending their promotion with At The Turn. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, leave who you think is going to win the 2022 PGA Championship at Southern Hills. Nick, it's coming up, and if the person is right... They will win a sampler pack from Piper Golf. Every golf ball they make in one pack so you can decide what is best for you. If you just can't wait, go to piper.golf. Turn 10 is the promo code to use at checkout for 10% off. Are you close to identifying a PGA champion? No. Okay. I'm not. I'm not. Right. I'm not close. I'm we not got a few close. weeks. We, we got do, a few. We weeks. have a couple weeks. I mean, it's yeah. time to. It's it's time to to start buckling that one in. Matchstick Golf President Dane Delgado uh, sent me a text because he listened to our Masters wrap up where I said Jordan Spieth is so far in his head. He's 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 farther away from contending now than he was in 2021. <laughs> he listened to that the day Jordan Wilson Spieth. Board. <laughs> Jordan Spieth won the heritage and he's like you guys stop picking majors and we settled on this idea that what we do is we write down who we think is going to win a major we put it in the mail to each other and then we mm. open it on our review podcast on Sunday I open yours and you open mine I love this idea <laughs> that is a good idea that is a good idea well how are we going to preview the tournament I guess I guess our picks really aren't aren't adding anything to the uh to the uh, preview. 
No, we can give a contender in Dark Horse, and then our winners mm. will be mystery, and it would be awesome if we actually we got to try something new, Nick. Well, yeah, that's things. a good idea. What you we're know, doing I'm is send not you a working. nice uh, postcard from. I don't know if there's like a, a hello from Cumberland, Rhode Island postcard. There's probably not, but I'll see if I can find one, and I'll just it'll just say like Jordan Spieth, and it'll be addressed yeah. to you. Just it's just perfect. the winner, nothing else. No <laughs> no pleasantries in that. Love it. So Nick, we, we were talking before we started recording about this documentary that aired last week on ESPN. It's a 30 for 30 called Shark. I didn't know it was happening until I flipped on my TV and I must have been watching the NBA playoffs the night before because it was on ESPN. And all of a sudden I see a jacked 66-year-old Australian man strolling down Augusta National and I just stopped in my tracks and I watched this whole documentary, Shark. It's about Greg Norman. It must have been filmed last year, I would presume. I don't think Augusta's going to let him on the grounds this year, considering everything that went down. But it was fascinating. I won't go into it too much, but I do want to touch on it a little bit. They do a very nice job. First of all, it's a very well-made sports doc. Like, if, if you're into golf, which presumably you are listening to this podcast, check it out. It's really good. Scott Van Pelt's on it. He's really good. Norman very accessible, and they go through his career, the wins, the losses, specifically the Masters Tournament, and sort of the crucial moment of the doc is the director is sitting across from Greg Norman, and Greg Norman is re-watching the final round of the 1996 Masters when he blew a six-shot lead to Nick Faldo and lost. Okay, keep going. I, I Trust me, I know. There's a lot to get into already. So that, Greg Norman watching the final round, and, and they, they, they do kind of a blow-by-blow account. Norman bogeys the first hole. Norman bogeys this hole. Faldo makes par, yada, yada, yada. When Greg Norman is looking at the worst moments of that round, it is cross-cut. This is in the documentary. It's Norman watching the round. It's cross-cut with Greg Norman physically being at Augusta as a 66-year-old man, replaying the shots that he messed up in the tournament. For example, on number nine, it's the par four where you have to hit it in a really precise area. And Ken Venturi on the broadcast in 96 says, the one thing Greg Norman can't do is leave this ball short. It will spin back. It will be trouble. And of course, Greg Norman hits it short. It spins back. He makes a bogey. only has a two-shot. He blew four shots in the front nine, and he blew it ultimately. And then they cut to Greg Norman like last spring in the ninth fairway at Augusta National hitting a wedge. And he was like, oh, would have taken that in 1996. And I'm like, what are you, why is he doing this? <laughs> Just pure torture. There's two more examples of him doing exactly the same thing. It made for a really compelling watch, but I can't believe the dude put himself through it. It was kind of surreal to watch. And. I'll let you chime in in a sec, Nick, but I just, I just want to get this out there before I forget. Someone pointed this out on Twitter. I can't remember who, but it was a really good point. That's probably the last time Greg Norman's ever going to set foot on Augusta National. Maybe that's why he did it. Maybe he knew what was going to happen with the Saudi Golf League and the controversy and him being exiled from mainstream golf. And he knew that this was going to be it for him. It was, it was, it would have been amazing to watch even before all the context stuff today, but knowing what we know now, it was a 10 out of 10 watch for me. Can't, I can't recommend it enough. Yeah. Um, and that's it for this episode at the turn. I'm going to go watch that documentary right now. Um, 
No, I mean, yeah, there is there is a lot to dive into there. Um, you have a better perspective on this than than I do, and probably a lot of probably a lot of you know younger golfers. Uh, Greg Norman's reputation today versus Greg Norman's reputation ten years ago. I mean, I know he was known for being kind of a jerk, kind of rough. Um, but I think that's likable in a lot of ways, especially in elite caliber athletes. But what has what's happened, you know, in the last year, three months, three weeks, whatever you want to call it? How do you compare those two reputations? Yeah, it was really interesting because the documentary made a point early on of showing how much PGA Tour players did not like Greg Norman because he burst onto the scene in the eighties, won a ton grabbed all the endorsement deals, Greg Norman became the most famous golfer in the world at the same time that Michael Jordan was becoming the most famous athlete in the world. And he acknowledges, like, my timing was incredible. He was in beer commercials. He was in, you know, rental car commercials. He's flying private jets. I think it was Brandel Chambly told a story about how Greg Norman arrived, like, half an hour before his tea time on a helicopter, shot 63, got right back in the helicopter, came back the next day, and then won the tournament. It's like, of course resentment is going to build up when things like that happen. Something that's forgotten to history, the year before Tom Watson almost won the British Open at age 58, Greg Norman was the 54-hole leader of the 2008 British Open, like at age 53. Really? Yeah. Patty, Patty Harrington ended up winning, but Greg Norman was in the hunt to win a major in his 50s too, and it's never really talked about. Um, it's a great watch. Now I'm going to get really cynical. Okay. That's all the good stuff. Okay. The cynical side of me says Norman did this knowing was what was going to happen with the Saudi golf league, knowing what the reaction was going to be. The timing of the release of this documentary is fascinating because the first event for the Saudi golf league is scheduled to take place less than two months from now. And I think he did it to build up a lot of sympathy and empathy and remind people like, oh, yeah, I like Greg Norman. He was this, I don't know, one of the five best players, maybe one of, one of the 10 best players in the last 30 years. The major, yeah. the major meltdowns are as big of the story as his successes are on the PGA Tour. Yeah, and and if he thought in the '90s that blowing that Masters actually helped him, you know, more than winning it would have, then what better way to to find some good graces than than bring that bring that saga to everyone's attention front and center? I mean, no doubt, Greg Norman is a very calculated man. He he knows if you're. <laughs> I think any golfer listening to this podcast can probably relate to. Okay, um, I'd like to play golf this weekend. My significant other. Probably not going to be too happy. So let me do some things before I, you know, make them unhappy with taking an entire weekend day out of out of the weekend and and get into their good graces just to kind of build some, you know, score some extra points here or there. I mean, it, it's there could be no clearer analogy. That's exactly what this is. Like, hey, I understand I'm about to piss a lot of people off. Let's uh, put this in the bank. You know, we'll we'll put it in front of them right at the right time. Uh, you know, it could soften the blow. Whatever. That's 100 what it is. And it worked. I thought it was fantastic. Check it out. I'm sure it's streaming on ESPN Plus. I don't know if the ESPN stuff is on is on Disney. Nick, do you, do you guys do Disney Plus? We have ESPN Plus. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah. I, I think we get all the thirty for thirties. So it's on there. Watch it. Mm-hmm. It's 
really, really good. Um, as luck would have it, the Saudi Golf League has their first PGA Tour player. Hold on, can I? Is it is it the Saudi Golf League? Isn't it officially like the Super Golf League or something? It's like a SGL, but it's not actually Saudi. That's just what everyone's calling it to remind everybody that it's <laughs> that it's who it's funded by. I think technically it's called the LIV Golf League, mm. and LIV is the mm-hmm. investment company that is funded by the Saudi government. Okay. Okay. But how do you want to refer to it on here? Is Saudi Golf Saudi, League okay? It's fine. It's fine. I was just trying to clarify. Okay. So, Robert Garrigus. Nick, are you familiar with Robert Garrigus? Is he on your radar? Uh, I mean, when I woke up, this morning, I could have told you Robert Garrigus was a was a golfer from, you know, when I started watching golf. <laughs> well, he's your boy. He's uh, he's an Idaho boy. He is, he is an Idahoan. He, he is yeah. an Idahoan. Yeah. Is, not, is, not all Idahoans are my boy, actually. <laughs> yeah, I bet. That's that's probably a good, <laughs> good flag to play. You don't stand by all Idahoans. Right. So – he officially filed for release from the PGA Tour to try to participate in the Saudi Golf League. And I think this is the caliber of player that you can expect to join up. Guy's in his mid-40s. He has one PGA Tour win. He struggled with substance abuse in an article with Golf Digest. I don't know if this is part of the substance abuse, but he sort of infamously probably wouldn't get the coverage now that it did in 2011, given that a lot of the stigma has gone away from it. But when he was on the tour below the PGA Tour, I think it was called the Buy.com Tour back then, now the Nationwide Tour. Corn Fairy. You're like three, oh you're like three tours, too. <laughs> like, I knew when I said Nationwide. It was I mean, nationwide, uh, Web.com, Corn Fairy. I mean, yeah. Nike, Nike Tour. Nike Tour, yeah. That would be a really good golf trivia question if someone can name all the sponsors for it. So it was the Buy.com Tour in uh, 2002. And he said it was very common for him and other players to go in porta potties and smoke some weed in between holes. Like he said, look, it's boring out there. There's not a lot of fans. No one's really going to catch you. So no one thought it was a big deal. He later talked about substance abuse. I don't know if that's part of it or not, but this guy's known for hitting the ball a mile. I think he led the PGA Tour in distance like two or three years uh, in the late aughts. So he's got a little bit of juice from that respect, but I don't know. I, I I guess this is the caliber of player from America that's going to be joining this league. And someone made a good point. Uh, I can't I can't remember. My citations are very bad today. But they said everyone's making fun of Robert Garrigus now. But how much are they going to be making fun of him when he gets a four million dollar check for beating the back half of the Asian tour in a couple of weeks? Which it's a very possible scenario. It's a good point. I mean, my if my calculations are correct, he's somewhere in his like mid to late forties. Um, you know, there's not really a great place for him to play. He's probably still got some game. He's got this lucrative check that he has no other chance of getting at this point in his career. Even if he waited out a few more years and gets to the senior tour, he's still not going to make that kind of bank. Um, you know, I, 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 I stopped short of finding what his career earnings are. I'm not going to sit here and say if he, if he needs the money or not, or where it's coming from. Um, you know, there's a, that's been well documented, you know, on, on both sides. So, you know, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, go find it. But um, there's going to have to be younger players as a part of this, right? I mean, you can't just get like 40-year-old, you know, 
2000 something PGA tour couple time winners to, to like float your tour. Can you, you've got to get some, some good young talent. No. Well, I think they're counting on the European guys. Like Lee Westwood has been associated with this. Ian Poulter, Henrik Stenson, like big European names who are guys that are past their prime, but have a lot of cachet because they've been a part of the Ryder cup for so long. I think that's what Norman is banking on for this to be a thing. Um, I I would I would be surprised if there was a lot of young players who chose this over the PGA Tour because in your youth you're 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 betting on yourself. I mean the the FedEx Cup champion is getting 18 million dollars this season. Okay, so Robert Garrigus, you said you stopped short of looking at his career earnings. This is a guy who has one win. He's been on tour for a while. Finished third in the U.S. Open 11 years ago, so he's had a good career. He's played. 362 events, made 212 cuts. I know you say you hate this and you're bad at it, but I'm going to make you do it anyway. Okay. Take a stab at it. Well, one win, assuming it was a, a while back, was probably shy of a million bucks. Um, a third in the U.S. Open 11 years ago was probably – Oh, and three in playoffs. Quarter, he lost three million. playoffs. Okay, he's been in three playoffs. I'm going to say his career earnings are probably like – Oh, he made 200 cuts. I know. I'm really. That's I'm really lot. analyzing this. Yeah, yeah it is a lot of cuts. That's a lot of cuts. I bet his career earnings are like eight million, fifteen million dollars. Okay. So that is a lot. But to your point, Nick, it's a, it's a long time to be traveling the world. I mean, you got a fifteen million dollars. It's not like he's just got fifteen sitting in his account. I mean, like, right? I, I I'm not an accountant, but you have to pay taxes on that. You have to pay a shitload of money to travel the world for exactly like literally every other week for two decades. That's not cheap. You're, you're doing that on your own dime. You're paying your own coaches. You're paying your calorie, your, your caddy. You're, it's yeah. So, so sure. I'm sure he could use a little bit of money. in the bank. Well, And I'm sure when you're a PGA tour player for as long as he is, even though he didn't have a ton of success, I, there's probably some peer pressure to live the life a little bit, you know, oh, not yeah. rent a van and skimp as much as you can. Like I'm a PGA tour winner. I hit the ball farther than anybody else. I'm Robert Garrigus. Let's go, buddy. <laughs> like you want to go out and enjoy the spoils of your hard work a little bit. So $15 million to me or you is a lot different than someone who's been, like you said, grinding around the world, trying to make a living at this. So, I guess the Robert Garrigus's of the world are the PGA Tour players that they're going to get. I'm sure they'll make more announcements coming up. It's going to be in my backyard soon, man. Yeah, it's going to be in your backyard. So what names need to be on that tee sheet for you to buy a ticket to that event? Like, let's just call it 50 bucks. Let's say it's a $50 ticket. I'm just not into it, man. I find the whole thing really greasy. There's... there's all right, there's players who could be in this thing that you would go. I mean, Phil Mickelson, if he was teed it up, you would go. It would be really tough not to go see Phil Mickelson. <laughs> but there is no way Phil's going to do that. No, not at this point. He was, he was, you know, at one point it looked like it. But is, is that the only guy? Yeah. Jason Kokrak is not going to do it for me. There, Anthony Lee Kim? Westwood, Henrik Stenson, Anthony Kim? Haven't people been saying, like, get AK out? Oh, people throw Anthony Kim in yeah. rumors every day just to, okay, we're just having to get the fun juices here. flowing. 
Okay. So Joe's no. not going. Okay. I don't want to see enough. Anthony Kim. What would it take? Okay. Wait a minute. Let's say this is coming out to your neck of the woods. What would it take for you? I to think it is. This? I think it is coming out to my neck of the woods. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not going. I mean, the U.S. Open is the U.S. Open is going to be in my neck of the woods, and I'm not going. I mean, I just you know what I'm going. I'm going to the uh, a practice round of the Travelers Championship, um, and I, I think Ricky Fowler is going to be there. And oh, yeah, that's big I don't for know. Team Ashley. It's big for Team Ashley. Yes, yeah. yes. And <laughs> practice <laughs> so, rounds are fun, man. That that that's going to be a great time. Is Gavin coming? Yeah. What's that? Is Gavin going to go? No. Gavin will oh. be at Dakin. We went last year, actually, and it was uh, it was a great time. Yeah. I love it. Well, that's your Saudi Golf League update. I guess it's happening, and Robert Kyrgios is going to participate. Nick, it's time for some college golf. We don't cover enough college golf in this podcast. No, let's, let's do more college golf. Okay, great. Are you familiar with the name, image, and likeness deals that are now available to college athletes? Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to explain that to the people? So basically, the debate has been going on for for decades. You know, college athletes should get paid. They shouldn't get paid. They're amateurs. They're not really amateurs. You know, the coaches are making these crazy salaries. Trust me, I'm married to one. They're not. Um, <laughs> unless you're the Robert Garrigus of um, your, you know, your, your year. Um, and what makes the most sense, in my opinion, is they can make money based on their market value. So if if you're a Heisman winning quarterback, Joe, guess what? You probably do bring some value and you can go be in commercials and use your name, image, and likeness to put a little extra dough in your pocket. So that option is available to all, at least Division One college athletes. I'm pretty sure it's all divisions, but I for sure Division One. Um, which is relatively new. And it's interesting because now there's a couple – um, college golf name, image, and likeness deals, but golf was in a weird position. Um, it was very unique because all other sports don't have like this other amateur governing body, but golf does with the USGA. So there's like certain amateur qualifications. Like if you want to go and qualify for the US amateur, or you want to qualify for the US open as an amateur, if you're making money off your name, image, and likeness previously by the USGA standards, that would have cost you your eligibility for some of those USGA events. Now, I pulled up this memo from the USGA to college golfers specifically from July 6th, 2021. So this is the week that the NCAA passed the name, image, and likeness um, bill, so to speak. The USGA said, hold on, wait a minute, let's, let's make sure that you are not going to jeopardize your eligibility. So basically it starts... Based on the NCAA's interim policy on name, image, and likeness, which became effective July 1st, 2021, the USGA and the RNA will waive most NIL-related breaches of the rules of amateur status for college golfers through the end of 21, so long as that golfer retains his or her NCAA playing eligibility. So the USGA and the RNA were kind enough to say, if you're in compliance with your athletic department, with the NCAA, and you break rules that we have previously set, we're going to give you a waiver. And I think they ended up changing the rule permanently um, starting in 2022. But it was kind of an interesting wrinkle because what the NCAA was doing didn't quite jive with what the USGA was doing. There's kind of an unintended consequence there. 
How about the NCAA being a little more freewheeling and footloose and fancy free than golf's governing body? Thank, thank God for the USGA or else the NCAA would be the, the stoogiest, stodgiest organization <laughs> in sports. So two big NIL deals took place last week. The first, former NBA player J.R. Smith. Everyone's favorite 30-something college golfer. Nick, do you follow his social media? Not really. No, it's a great no time. I don't. I don't follow it. It's a great time. He just tweets like, damn, got a B minus on that chemistry test. Got to grind a little harder. <laughs> like he got, he got straight A's his first semester. Isn't that awesome? It is. It really is. It's, 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 it's one of the more wholesome things that's taking place on the internet. So Smith went straight from high school to the NBA in 2004. He's a walk-on at the North Carolina A&T golf team, has been since last year. He's in his second semester of his freshman season at the HBCU, and he has a deal with Lululemon. Now, I have to tell you, I actually bought a pair of Lululemon golf shorts, and they are spectacular. Like, they are incredibly high quality. So, they mentioned this as a coveted NIL deal. And at first, I thought they were being tongue in cheek, and then I remembered, like, no, they just they just make really high quality stuff. So, good on Jr. Smith. The second one, I mean, it is written like this is this is peanut butter and jelly. This is this is this is two things that need to belong together. Arkansas freshman John Daly the second is Hooters's first. NIL ambassador. This is the best quote, maybe, that we've had on this podcast. This is from uh, this is from John the Second. Quote: I have seen my father's great relationship with Hooters over the years, and I am proud to continue my family's association with this iconic brand. Did you see the pictures, Nick? Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, those pictures just. They look so natural. A couple, a couple of John Daly's, a couple of Hooters girls out on the golf course. I mean, it's like you, you, if you were just scrolling through Instagram, you wouldn't even think twice about that. It would just look totally normal. You know, what I was thinking, how did they decide which Hooters girls were going to take the pictures with the Daly's? Like, is there a hierarchy in the Hooters organization, or is this just at the local restaurant? They draw names out of a hat. Hey, gals, we need two of you to take pictures with the dailies. Come on out to the local golf course. You'll be all over Instagram. Your social media clout will, ri- will rise. Hey, hey, Tiffany, did you close the check on table 13? We need you down at uh, Bel Air Country Club. <laughs> so it's not like John Daly II can can wear a Hooters shirt when he's playing in these tournaments. <laughs> or J.R. Smith. Bright orange Hooters bag. <laughs> yeah. J.R. Smith can't be wearing Lululemon when he's playing in his golf tournaments. This is that they appear in advertisements and different social media campaigns. Yeah, you could be not- an influencer. Yeah. Exactly. So good good on both of them. If, if you're if you're John Daly the second, you have you have two choices in life. Option A is okay, I'm gonna go by my middle name. I'm going to play a different sport. I'm going to separate myself. From my father's image, I'm going to be my own person. Not that he's not. Um, and I'm going to just pave my own trail. Option B, 
the the way more fun option yeah. is to grow a mullet, drink some beers, smoke some cigarettes, rep hooters, play golf, hit it far, don't give a shit, and just keep the John Daly legacy going for another generation. Give another generation of fans the John Daly excitement. And damn, I hope he's playing in some major championships. I hope he's a figure on the PGA Tour. I, I hope he he brings that excitement, that roller coaster, that drama. I mean, golf's better with a John Daly <laughs> and a couple of Hooters girls in our Instagram feed. That kid is going to have the best time in college. I I hope for his sake, his dad tells him to not turn pro until he's done really getting the most out of those four years at the University of Arkansas because that is some prime living right there, John Daly II. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Nick, it's time. Are you ready? I, I did so, you see did you see the course? I saw okay. I'm not gonna lie. I, I picked my my Nick rules before uh-huh. I saw this review of the Mad Golfer of the Week. And they could not go to better. They could not uh. go together. Better. I mean, this is a John. This is a John Daly and Hooters partnership. This this Mad Golfer and Nick Rules. So let's just get right into it. It's time for the Mad Golfer of the Week. Brought to you by T Box Coffee. It's a roast to order coffee brand of the heart of Southern California. Package for the golfer who can shoot sixty eight, the golfer who shoots one twelve, and every score in between. Let T Box Coffee fuel your morning rounds. Use promo code Turn fifteen at checkout at tboxcoffee.com. Com. Nick, the course that we have played the most together by a long shot. We've talked about it all the time on this podcast. The side of my lowest round ever. Mm. The University of Idaho golf course. And today's Mad Golfer of the Week is Adam K from across the border near my alma mater. Pullman, Washington. Washington State University. Here we go. Now, before I get into it. This is from 2017. I was going to say, you need to date this because there's there's some listeners yes. who could take personal offense to this. Andrew, Andrew, we love your course. Go Blazers. All right. Here's, here's Adam K. Quote, the one thing that really pissed me off was I was not allowed to share clubs with my friend, even though we had both paid to play. He told me that, of course, after I had already paid. And he also said we cannot use a cart after we had already paid. The worst part about all this was the worker almost seemed excited to tell us these rules, like it made him happy to piss us off. Totally unprofessional. I will not be taking my business back to this course and will tell others to avoid it. Well, Adam, that didn't work on us because we're going to go back there with bells on. University of Idaho Golf Course is the gem of the Palouse. Adam K., first of all, if you're going from Pullman, Washington to Moscow, Idaho to play golf, it's it's because you're cheap. Because, <laughs> because there is a incredible golf course in Pullman, Washington. It's it's lovely. Palouse Ridge is a lovely golf course. Gorgeous. And so if you're going to Moscow to play golf, it's because you wanna you wanna save some money. Okay. I don't think Adam has really played any golf before i'm actually actually the first time i ever played golf ever stepped foot on a golf course i think i was like in elementary school um it was at the university of idaho golf course Mm. and my my mom had brought me 
And she didn't know the rule that every player had to have their own bag. And and the pro at the time ran out to the first tee and said, what the hell are you guys doing? <laughs> There's three. You need three golf bags. We ran in and, you know, rented a couple of sets of clubs and went off and played. Yeah. So, 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 Adam, I can totally relate. However, you're wrong. You can't share clubs. Um, don't try it again. It sounds like he was probably excited to tell you this information. There was probably – 50 other clues. You had no idea what you were doing out there before you even got to the first tee. And he probably didn't really want you there in the first place. Yeah, I think that's right. If I can defend Adam for just one second, and this has purely to do with the fact of him being cheap. So I went to obviously Wazoo for many years. And I don't know how it was on your side of the border, Nick, but we viewed Moscow as like, you know what we're going to do today? Saturday? We don't have any plans. Let's go to the Palouse Mall. Let's walk around Moscow. Let's make let's have a Moscow day. Is that guy is, is that how you guys viewed Pullman? Like you'd come over and like let's let's spend an afternoon in Pullman, get into some trouble. Never went to Pullman during the day. I did have a, a I don't <laughs> know a semester phase during college where it was cool to go to the bars there just because the bars were better. Well, bars were different. The bar scene was a little different, but um, super inconvenient. Wait, where did you go to bars in, in, in Pullman? Did you go to like Valhalla and the Coog and the downtown ones? Or? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. You had to take a taxi from, from bar to bar to bar. It was it was the worst. <laughs> that is your mad golfer of the week, Adam K. I hope you're still in Pullman. And if you are, we'll see you at the U of I golf course. Oh, listeners. Adam K. Adam K, I've got some advice. You're not you're not off the hook here because Get him. you actually can play the U of I golf course mm. and share clubs. Now, Joe. Whoa. Whoa. I, 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 Joe. Perfect. I shit you not. I, I was looking for a rule. It's four ball season. All right. I'm just going to give this some context. It it's is. four ball season. We've, we, you just finished watching the Zurich Classic. There's some four ball going on in the PGA Tour. Uh, it's a President's Cup year. There's going to be some four ball in the fall. Who doesn't love – there's some USGA four-ball events going on. I'm sure there's some four-ball events going on at your club. And so I was looking for the rule because I know there's some specificities on what your four-ball partner can and can't do. I'm pretty sure your four-ball partner has the rights that a caddy would have. Um, So they can basically pick up your ball. They can clean your ball, but they can't do certain things. There's – but I couldn't find that specific rule. Um, but the rule I did find regarding four ball, which I didn't believe, I'm going to screenshot it and put it on Instagram because it is unbelievable. <laughs> rule 23.7. All it says is you and your partner are allowed to share clubs so long as the total number of clubs you have together is not more than 14. <laughs> so wait, 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 wait. Yes, I, I I also can't believe it. So you can play out of one bag as long as you stick to 14 clubs. You know, it doesn't specify if you need one or two bags, uh, <laughs> which which I think is uh, – I don't know. Literally all it says – what I just read you is is all it says. I think I think you just came up with a very exciting new format to play at events like the Zurich Classic and the President's Cup. Four players, two bags. Let's go. I, like you may you may have to like deem ahead of time we're we're sharing clubs because otherwise you would, you have twenty eight total clubs right <laughs> <laughs> which seems way better than fourteen. I'm gonna take my strong two iron instead of the weak <laughs> when I have to draw this a little bit. Yeah. So wow. 
That's a really strange rule. I'm going to I'm going to post that one on our social media because Romy's going to text you as soon as he it, hears this if you don't post it somewhere. It if I was here if I was listening to this podcast right now, I would pull the car over and I would I would scream at me. I would say that is wrong. That's Folks. not correct. I'm I'm looking at the USGA rules of golf right now. Rule 23.7 Partners may share clubs. Four balls. It specifies, it specifies four ball. It specifies four ball. But okay. I, I, folks, I'm telling you. Okay, listeners, if you're driving right now, please pull over to the side of the road to make sure you're safe. We don't want anyone to get any car accidents. I know this is shocking news that you've heard on this podcast today. By the way, Nick Rules brought to you by Matchstick Golf. Use turn 20 at checkout for 20% off on your first order. Dane is dropping new and exciting stuff. Every single week, congratulations to Glenn. I'm going to guess it's pronounced Tongi, who won the pimento cheese ball marker with our promotion back in the Masters. He sent me a picnic. He got it. He successfully received it. That's one contest down. Many more to go. I think that's it. I think that's it. That's it. That's uh, that's another at the turn. Go watch Shark. Go watch Shark play the University of Idaho golf course. Go play in a four-ball match and share clubs with your partner and see what the other twosome says. That would be crazy if that's your sole intent going out there, is to just pull out this rule and say, I'm sorry, we are allowed to play out of one bag. Now, we couldn't do that because we stand on opposite sides of the ball. But for most of us, that is something There are some times that could come in handy for me. Oh, my gosh. That would be... Uh... I'm not going to do it. You've, you've you've been asked this too many times. I'm I'm, I'm not going to ask you. We're just going to end the podcast. Out of the ball. Uh, we're we're uh, no. We're just going to end the podcast. All right. We'll see you next time. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at the turn. Thank you.